Hello and welcome to the Sanctuary First Weekly Review. I'm James Cathcart. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, and at the moment, three is the magic number uh, because tonight I am joined by the doctor himself, Ian Jemison, and, and the horsewoman herself, Laura Digan. Uh, famous for her love of horses. Hello. Um, and we are three plus one. Um, the uh, fantastic Owen is steering the ship for us tonight and keeping us all present and correct. And we hope later uh, to be joined by the Reverend Dan Harper, who's been our daily worship writer this week, um, but he's been tied up in another meeting. So uh, we hope you'll be able to join us fairly soon. Um, but we thought we'd crack on at the new later time of 9.30. Um, that's just this week. But uh, so, guys, first off, how's it going, Ian? You're looking, you're looking very comfortable. Well, I've I, I've been dressed for the part tonight. I thought I would um, wear <laughs> a very expensive silk shirt, which only just so happens to look like a pair of pajamas. Um, and, Ian, and uh, Ian, some people listen to this podcast <laughs> rather than seeing it. So, could you describe uh, the pajamas? It's a lovely blue image in silk and vision, and and a, and a fedora hat. Um, because that's how I go to bed every night. Some people wear hairnets, me, I wear a fedora hat. Uh, I don't think anybody should judge. I <laughs> think each to their own. No judgment, Ian. This is a safe place. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought why not? You know, it was it's later on at night tonight, so we may as well just uh, just relax into it. Also I've spent the entire day in greens, um, and wrapped up with a kind of undershirt thing because it was cold in the practice in the morning and then boiling in the afternoon. So I just had to get out of all that clobber and I couldn't be bothered um, uh, finding something a bit more sartorially elegant. But I promise next week I'll be in a DJ and a dicky bow and uh, that'll make <laughs> up for this week's... Uh, I would say this is a lot of effort, actually. I went to a lot of trouble to pick this Clearly. Particular... Clearly. <laughs> and I think I think, you know, because we can't go out in the same way at the moment, um, that we should probably have like a, a black tie zoom uh, for for one oh, of our I'll, I'll reviews, you know, yeah, or or a um, a death theme, you know, of some kind. Like I know you like the Northern Soul, Laura, and yes, uh, I'm a Northern yeah. Soul. We could have a Northern Soul night. Oh, uh, definitely. Well, I did got, see um, on oh, what was it? It was a news article I had read about her and the fashion designers around Europe have been. Uh, most of the stuff that has been quite casual wear and seemingly uh, uh, elastic, you know, elasticated trousers are going to be in, you know, because everybody's kind of in loungewear <laughs> all the time. And uh, most of the, the 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 serious design is like on the top half, you know, for, for Zoom meetings and whatever. And, it's all about the shoulder pads. Uh, it's all. Uh, it's all about you know all the the patterns and things like that. You know, so uh, uh so that's like yes. But then actually, I do myself. I actually consider, you know, what what I wear on the top half whenever it's like pajamas on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we won't pry any further, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, let's get to the matter in hand. Um, uh -huh. Our week this week's been written by Dan Harper and he has been closing one theme and starting the next theme. So our past mm -hmm. theme at Sanctuary First has been the ongoing quest um, and this idea of these questions that we live with. Um, and so before we get stuck into Dan's week, uh, particularly hoping that Jan Dan can join us, I was wondering if you had any reflections on the month as a whole 
um, and this this past few weeks that we've had in, over the daily worship, this time of questioning and uh, perhaps trying to get new insights. I mean, for myself, I find it really good. I think it's been nice and direct and very concise as well. So, you know, a nice quick read, certainly, um, which I've appreciated and enjoyed. And um, the Bible passages have been, you know, quite... It's been good to see people explore aspects of them and not maybe, you know, like the whole thing. Um, and, and it's nice also to see some quite emphatic kind of statements as well. Um, I really enjoyed the... the the um last week and i enjoyed uh, enjoyed lots of this week lots of this week were absolutely brilliant um so it i i've enjoyed i've enjoyed the themes i've enjoyed how um it's followed what the lectionary isn't it? that that's what it's called yeah I, loosely, loosely yeah <clears throat> i've enjoyed that um and and it, it has taken me on a bit of a journey i think the journey has been to um there's been lots of things around the themes of forgiveness, about how we behave towards other people, how we react to other people behaving towards us, about finding yourselves in in uh, difficult situations, you know, and that whole thing about where is God. And, and that seems to be a theme that's bubbled up a couple of times uh, with different responses to that question. Uh, so I think the whole month, actually is kind of run like that for me uh you know in terms of what i've seen the 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 week before there were lots of days that i could very much relate to what was going down you know and the last couple of days have been very much like that you know what's arrived in my email inbox has been kind of reflective of different emotions that i've allowed myself to go through this week uh, which are, which are not normal for you know, we wouldn't be in my normal lexicon of uh, things that I feel or care about but um, it's been an interesting week from all sorts of quarters and you know, we, we can we'll maybe touch on that later as we as we go on but um, as I say I've, I've had a lot of personal resonance with a lot of what's been um, you know a, a lot of what's been typed i mean today was a great example you know the can you be like jesus yes but you cannot be jesus and i like that you know that meant a lot to me i think that that's right yeah you can be like somebody you can't be them though uh not not just from the metaphysical and spiritual perspective and you know what we have for our lives but it's that whole thing about when we look at other people you know, can you can you be like them? You can be like them, but you can't be them. Um, and I think we continuously um, uh, judge people and are judged ourselves um, by what other people's perception of what we should be or shouldn't be. Um, and some of the le the lessons for me have been to see people for what they are and not maybe what I want them to be. Um, so that that's been my kind of journey. Um, I don't know what 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 what, what Laura thinks and yourself, James. What's your thoughts? Hmm. Laura, what do you think? Oh well, I see. I was really see whenever I had first found out, you know, about the the the, the theme of the month was you know this quest, and so I went with a quest. You know, it is like this that you know a hero's journey, and. <laughs> uh, and that, that's what I had been thinking, you know, about this journey. And I think we really, it's been like constructed so well that we have went on this hero's journey, you know, because as the hero goes on the journey, you know, they have to battle with things, they have to wrestle with things. And then, you know, they find themselves 
in that, you know, in the battling and in the wrestling. And and I think that throughout the month, we've had these, you know, at the start, you know, we were asking who, you know, who is God, you know, and who's God and, you know, and, this, and then how does then that relate to us? And I think this week, you know, it has just brought it all together so beautifully. Dan's just done it so beautifully because we're quite, you know, we've been, we've been wrestling with topics, we've been wrestling with things, we've been asking the deep questions about God. And then it's like, well, what, what about us? You know, am I forgivable? You know, and, <laughs> and you know, that, that, you know, I think that that's a big one. And all these questions, you know, you know, like, can I be like Jesus? You know, can I really? You know? <laughs> it's, uh, I just thought it has all tied up, you know, so just came together so well. It's really interesting, that the idea of the hero's journey. Um, and there's almost a sense in which Dan has brought us with his, his writing this week. You know, we were saying a little bit before we came on um, tonight that he was quite, you know, emphatic and quite... Um, unequivocal in a lot of the things that he wrote this week and quite clear. And there's almost that sense of uh, conclusion that you might get, you know, when you're uh, Luke Skywalker or whatever has been out and done these things and then come back um, and has come to a new sort of place of understanding. Um, and to think that, because Laura, of course, you were one of our writers uh, for this month and, uh, and you were like, you know, with the waves and uh, you took us through, through the waves, you know, with the, with the, um, both your experience on the boat, um, your narrow, harrowing experience on the boat, and also the Israelites, you know, traveling mm -hmm. through. Um, and so that were some of the kind of early challenges and frustrations. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's interesting to think of the whole month mm -hmm. um, and to look back and to see um, the the journey that we've um, that we've yeah. been on. So no, I like that. It's a cool idea. That's the power, though, isn't it, James, of, of, of um, having the different writers contribute it's the, the the power is that uh, you know everybody adds to it their own particular slant and perspective, and not just on the journey but reflecting on their own journey. Do you know they might mm -hmm. not be where they're actually at. Um, what I found best about the Dan's emphaticness in a lot of what he wrote this this week was that that left me asking more questions because. I naturally disagree with anybody that's emphatic about anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I like that for that. Yeah. Bit. Oh yeah. But equally, I like to share in people's experience, which is why Laura's was, you know, was really you know meaningful for me as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think it served a whole lot of different facets to humanity, really, hasn't it? Mm. And I think you know because you mentioned um, as well last week that you and you were saying that that some of the prayers had that felt particularly right for you that what you were going through and i think that's our experience of worship isn't it um, and our theme that's coming up in october we're going to be thinking a bit more specifically about worship um, and the idea of how distinct church communities through worship you know there's not many things in contemporary society that are anything like worship you know and, and so does worship give us as a way of a way of imagining together a way of hoping together um in, in what potentially could be quite a long winter quite a difficult winter um and so um, but I think, you know, going back to my point, I just mean that our experience of worship comes and goes. And I remember hearing a, a fantastic sermon by, I think it was Doug Gay, 
um, gave in, in Glasgow. And, uh, and basically he was saying about saying hallelujahs for other people, you know, and it was the idea that had been through Lent. It was, I think it might've been an Easter service or certainly post Lent and the idea of saying hallelujah again. And this idea that like, maybe you're not ready to say hallelujah yet. Maybe you can't say hallelujah, but you can be here when other people are saying hallelujah, you know, and I just always struck with me that this idea that, you know, worship isn't a one-on-one -on -one experience, you know, and it's not just you and God, it's you and God and the whole community of saints. And maybe sometimes other people can do that bit for you, you know, like Ian can okay. be shouting, amen. And maybe that's not where my heart is at the moment, but uh, I'm lifted by Ian shouting yeah. amen. It's like this, this song, is it, is it Albert's song? Um, we will sing for you. I see you know? more song. Oh right, oh well. That that song and it's a uh, and I, I just love that that sentiment because that's it. Sometimes you come and you can't sing, you know, you can't but other people can sing for you and that's that and we're all in this together, isn't it? It's uh I we're there for each other. Though it is very difficult just now to for us to actually be in that place where we can actually do that. Mm. Also, Laura, there's that thing, though, isn't it, where, you know, like, you know, you've been in the ministry, you know, and James, your uh, position with Sanctuary First and, and my job as well, you know, where, you know, in some senses, you, you've been kind of, um, you know, put in a position of, you know, of kind of, you know, lead, leadership. And, and you know, sometimes you don't feel that way at all. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> yes, man. Evening all. <laughs> Good evening, Dan. It's lovely to see you. Thank you for for joining us. Are you are you holding up? Are you doing okay? No, I'm about to fall asleep. Um, <laughs> that's just 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 finished at assembly, so wow. I'm Gosh. ready to start at nine fifteen in the morning. Less than twelve hours. Well, we, we'll wrap up probably about nine in the morning, so you'll be all night. That's fine. I'll be asleep in about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, you'll notice that um, Ian's ready for it. He's dressed for it. Um, yeah. Ian's got his finest silk pajamas on the seat. Can't sleep in a hat. <laughs> well, he tells us he can. He tells <laughs> I can't sleep without my hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And not only are we being joined by Dan Harper, but we're joined by Albert Bogle. Um, so fantastic it's uh i feel like we could do almost like a um relay race type weekly review where we're just chatting all night and uh, as we all fall asleep somebody else comes on uh, to join us but it's lovely to see you both and thanks for making the effort to um to be with us um dan we were talking about your worship week um uh -huh. and uh, I'm, I'm glad you weren't here because you'd be terribly embarrassed we were saying how much we loved it and uh we really i think we were coming together in this idea of how how emphatic a lot of your writing was this week, you know, unequivocal that you were putting things out there, you were setting your stall out. Um, and so did you, did you go into this theme thinking that this was your approach or, or did that just come naturally out of writing the material? Well, I think it should come naturally to us as people who read what Jesus says, because he doesn't hang about. Um, <laughs> it's far too easy for us as Christians to say, Oh, this is nice. It, it's it's too important to be nice. We we we've got to. It, if we beat as I'm doing now, if we beat around the bush, it's useless. 
an answering questions in a woolly way about faith does the wonderful stuff of Jesus know justice? So when we ask a question, we, we have to give the answer. And almost certainly the answers are either God knows and we don't. It doesn't matter. No, you misheard me. I said, love your neighbor. Or just get on with it. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, I was about to say aged colleague. I think I meant venerable and, and Albert. He, he's obviously got more experience than, than I have. Um, do, do you think all those four answers would probably probably do the job? I like your swagger. I like your style, Dan. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> it, it's late. We've had two, three hours of general assembly. Um, there's ice cream that needs to be eaten shortly, and I'm past caring. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it to a man. A bit of bureaucracy, a bit of institutionalism, and you're like, come on, let's get to the point. Let's get to brass tacks. Fantastic. Ian had um, a couple of prayers that he wanted to particularly uh, pull out. So, Ian, was there a day that you'd like to to come to particularly I mean, at the moment? I, I think the thing the thing the thing <clears throat> that, that that I'd like to lot um, was uh, your bit, and I think it was actually today. I'm just trying to bring it up, um, and it was about um, or was it yesterday? It might have been yesterday. Um, it was the the bit where you say, um, uh, "What was Jesus like? Can I be like him?" Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I, I find that quite challenging. But I find it ch challenging on on a number of levels. I mean, I think one of the ways I found it challenging was that you know that the, there's that aspirational quality to you know wanting to to live to be more christ-like and to live more like jesus would live um but there's also the other side of that and that is how people view you as you know as a christian and i was saying to the guys you know how they view you as a minister or somebody in sanctuary first or do you know what i mean everybody has their own kind of idea of how it is to be you yeah. um, but the truth of it is that you can you can be like you but you can't be you unless you take the whole package um, you know, and 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 I'm always saying, and I'm always saying that, and and you know what, Jesus's whole package, you know, I'm I'm good with not having some of that, you know, particularly the end bit, right? I'm I'm good with all that. Yeah. Um, we will all die. <laughs> we will all die. Um, but yeah, I I think the the thing in that can we be Christ-like or or can we be like Christ or not is that we're not the pedestally bit but we've got to try to be the servanty bit we're not we're not to be how other people think you should view a deity we're to be like the servant king and you you get all of it you get the the jesus who sits with the children and says come listen learn have fun nobody else will talk to you but come and join me and we have the jesus who flips tables and takes off his belt and whips people. And we maybe like that first bit of Jesus, but miss that second bit where we see the injustice and we've just got to, got to crack on. Um, as, as we then progress through and we get into Paul and we get into the thorn of his thorn in his flesh stuff and all those bits, we're kind of looking at it going, but yeah, but being a Christian's magic, it makes stuff go away. Everything's nice. No, it's not um there, there is grumpiness there is pain there is anger at the injustice righteous anger 
where your blood's boiling and you're furious. That's, that's all part of it. Um, but it's hard. It's all really hard. I think it's a lot. I think you're right. I think it's a lot more difficult to, you know, accept and and espouse a faith. In my profession, it's almost antithetical to, you know, it's almost heresy uh, to believe in, in anything metaphysical because we're all about the hard science, the living and dying and all that good stuff. Um, but, but do you know what I mean? We're, to, to think that there's something more than that for an awful lot of uh, of my colleagues is, you know, would be to thought if this, there's maybe something wrong with your head. Um, yeah. And that, that's difficult. And, and I think the other thing as well is that when we try to be that way, um, I'm not sure, I, I, I can't remember, I don't think you, you make reference to this, but there's that whole thing about, you know, you continually kind of let yourself down, you know, you the, the, the turning over tables bit gets in the way of the, you know, come little children bit, as you, as you yeah. put it. And, and and it's dead easy, you know. It's it can be easy to be to be angry and 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 vengeful and rail against injustice and stick it to the man, um, but it can be really difficult to say it with kind words. I you think know, as well, it, Ian. I think the I think the hard bit as well as is actually uh, is actually being active. You know, I think we can say the words and we can be, you know, righteously angry. But I think a lot of the time we we then don't, you know, follow through with our actions and, you know, like proactively, you know, to kind of create change that could bring about justice, you know, that could, um, you know, get people on board. And because it's this, like, oh, this, there's, a, there's something that, you know, can constrain us. And I think especially like in our society today, you know, you get you get called out very quickly whenever you don't um, agree with, you know, what the perceived, you know, kind of thing is, you know, that, oh, no, we've got to, we've got to, you know, say this or this is how we do things. Oh, no, no, you can't be saying something completely different, you know, oh, no, no, what's going to happen to you? And I think people really worry that, you know, especially like with social media and things like that, you know, what, if they come out and take a stand and try to do something, then what's going to happen to them? You know. Yeah, I, you know I wrote sweet. something. Da- I sorry, I'm just going to share. I wrote something down at the assembly. I don't know if you can see it. It says doing and seeing and seeing and no saying and doing and doing and saying. That's what the moderator was turning talking about in his his opening words, um, and that's obviously just to show us paying attention and actually doing it. But <laughs> but you're right. It is. It's it's not just about what we say. It's about what we do. Um, it's, it's interesting, and you, you're talking, yeah, and 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 this, and this fits into that saying and doing, Laura. Um, you you said I don't know what your profession is, but you. you I'm said, a doctor. Okay, I um, my my first degree was mathematics, so I studied the only real science. All the other sciences are just built on <laughs> math. Um, and, and one of the key just things, counting, Dan. It's just counting. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's just counting. Everything is just counting. But when when you do counting and you do fancy counting you say well okay we've got one dimension that's just then we've got a line that's two and then we've got three that we that's what we live in four is with time added on but the rules then exist in the fifth dimension what's that can't see it can't touch it it exists i know it exists the proof's in front of me and then you go to the sixth dimension and the seventh dimension the nth dimension and all the maths holds up so within that to me that you should well okay it's there I, I take what i see and it's all there and everything halts 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've I get frustrated, and, and obviously you didn't, Ian. But when when people say there's a a challenge between the sciences, well, that's because you're not asking the right questions in science. A hundred percent. I mean, the the thing the thing that that has annoyed me for a long time is, you know how some you know some of the sort of radical atheist movement you know build up a god that is isn't a god I recognise. I don't know who they're talking about. It's not my god. Um, you know, I'm much more in tune with you know a god that. Um, has created physical laws. I mean, we talked a bit about that, about, you know, C.S. Lewis and his kind of take on that and yeah. mere Christianity and what have you, you know, that and uh, that, that whole idea that there are, phys- there are physical laws that, that our movement through time has to, you know, the, it just has to follow that way. Um, you know, God's not going to change the entire physics of the universe for one human being when what's probably important is that journey of that soul and from my own profession's point of view about the brain you know there's so many things made about you know we can see and read people's thoughts and functional mri scanners and all it's absolute mince it's complete and utter rubbish i was going to say another word but i stopped myself <laughs> you've got this late start in your head haven't you, know, you? Really nice. when, here. <laughs> when we were talking about how difficult it is the christian life struggles that we have but I think we must continually come back to the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I think the Holy Spirit is the neglected helper that we don't, we don't wait upon the Spirit and we don't, we don't allow the Spirit to shape the way we think and the way we do and the actions. And when, when we go off in a tangent and do stuff in our own, you know, because we think it's the right thing to do. I think we need that more to be in the zone of the spirit. And I think that's a challenge for us to live that way Um, and to encourage one another, continually to be reminding one another about the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's that response in the Anglican liturgy that says, you know, and and take not your Holy Spirit from us. You know, because yeah. if we didn't have the spirit, where would we be? Yeah. There's someone I, I really, I, the Holy Spirit is a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. You can probably see just the corner of a, what's an actually a kite. It, it's a red bird kite that at Pentecost I stick on a massive extended pole and swing about the church. Um, so it looks like a big bird of flames flying around. The Holy Spirit is hugely important. You're right, Albert. But my, my favourite image of the Holy Spirit is is not again in that that gentle way, but in the in the Celtic Christianity they talk of the wild goose, the honking, arresting, frightening beast that that shakes you up, that changes you, that makes you go, oh, hang on, what what have I got to do? That, that that's what the Holy Spirit does. Um, I, Albert's forever telling me that I've got a lovely smile and look like a big gentle bear. Um, I'm, I'm just generally grumpy all the time, but get away with it because I have a smiley face. Um, but but the, the great honking Holy Spirit, the spirit that descended like a dove on Christ at his baptism, wasn't about pleasantries. It, it was about everything changing. It was about confirming that the changes had taken place. 
it, it's an inclusive, loving, drawing you in, helping you on thing. But if you think about it, to kind of the normal world, that's offensive because we're saying that everybody is included and everybody is welcomed. And it's not about getting money or a fancy house or anything else. It's about the fact that you matter because you matter because you're made in the image of God and the spirit is here for you, whoever you are, however you are, whatever you've done. And that's a honking, frightening goose of a noise to be told the person that you dislike, that you've read in the paper is inv invading and making everything awful. Uh, what, what, however you view somebody, you've got to, the goose has got to honk at you and tell you that God made them in God's image and you've got to get on with loving them. And that's hard. I, I think that's, I mean, Laura made reference to that earlier when she said about, you know, the cancel culture online. You know, uh, J.K. Rowling had recently been through that, some comments that she'd made, probably quite innocently, that had been suddenly caused this great conflagration of, you know, let's burn her books, she's a terrible, evil person. And, you know, and even people like Donald Trump, you know, I don't personally know Donald Trump. I don't know he's all the things that they say that he is. I don't know him. And I don't pretend to know him. So, you know, I often feel that when we make comment about people, yeah, we can comment on things that we actually see that, see that they do. But equally, we don't really know these people. And perhaps sometimes we should reserve judgment and reserve particular criticism when we don't really know the circumstances. And our media only shows what they actually want us to see. Um, I, I have to say I felt... Uh, outraged along with everybody else but at the same time a little a t tiny scintilla of sympathy uh, for the MSP who did the most irresponsible thing in the world knowing that you're COVID and then going in public transport is I mean oh my goodness me uh, what, a, what a dumb thing to do but I just wonder about what the decision was like in that particular human being's head what pressures were on that human being what do we not know about this story what do we not know about her story why would you as a human being make a decision like that nobody makes a decision in a vacuum um, about anything yeah it's it's hard um, I, I'm not as polite as you I've got a lot of opinions about Donald Trump and I think a lot of people share them with me um <laughs> I might add, but it's just an opinion i'm being very polite and absolutely jk and rowling tried to be polite in, in 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 the friday night review yeah so, I, well, I didn't say anything that wasn't no, no, albert no, absolutely absolutely um and jk rowling's um position as a trans exclusionary trans exclusionary feminist um, again, there's, there's lots of things that could be spoken about there, but, but that's not, again, that's, that's kind of not where we are. And the MSP who made that decision, I am still suffering seven plus months on from COVID. And anybody who knowingly puts anybody um, with a chance of getting it, whatever other pressures are on their life. I, I think there was a lady on the news who said she should be good at jotters. Um, and just, yeah. no, go. Um, but, but we have to be careful in that. We have to be careful about, you're right, in judging, because we know that... I'm wondering, and wondering in terms of the conversation this evening, we were wanting to Sorry. think a little bit about... No, no, absolutely, this is fascinating. Um, but building on this idea of language and the language that we use and your honking goose, Dan. Yeah. Um, because I think one of the things we were thinking about this evening is this idea, is there a unique role for the church? And kind of what we're doing 
at the moment is making a bridge from September to October. Um, and so at Sanctuary First, we're moving from the theme that you've rounded off for us so uh, wonderfully, yeah. Dan, about the questions, right? The ongoing question. And we've been casting the net really far and wide and we've been asking all sorts of questions and you've covered a tremendous amount of ground alone this week. And then we're moving on to the next theme, uh, which starts this Sunday, which is living freedom through recession. And it's this idea of what is it about worship? What is it about the leadership that Christian communities can offer, that churches can model? And I think building on what we've just been saying, the kind of language we use and the way we talk about things. I don't think there's much akin to the honking goose um, in, in the rest of kind of culture. Like there's, there's so much that the church can draw and such a rich heritage of things. And we perhaps often return to the same metaphors all the time. And actually there's more that we can do to be distinctive. So I think, you know, as we move from September where we can cast the net quite wide to being a bit more specific to think in this time of recession and this time of difficulty and things are shutting down, closing down again, perhaps what can churches do in church in the loosest form, you know, any, the big church, any gathering of Christians and communities together, what can we do to make a difference? What can we do that's distinctive? And what is it about our worshiping that makes us different to any other group um, that, that's tackling? Because there's all sorts of wonderful people working really hard um, and so the church can't be everything, but what can the church be this autumn and this winter? Yeah, because I mean, we say in the church, our core business is worship. Yeah. Why are we saying that? Because we're seeing again this thing, the ground of our being we're seeing is humanity's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So the business that the church is in, and we Christians are in, is is the glorification of God. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that in mm -hmm. in this in in this way? I know because I think the I think the what we could be in danger of is like falling into the kind of going into social work, you know? Yeah. You help people, especially, you know, and support people in this time. And it's easy, you know, to fall into the kind of social work mode and we forget that, oh, well, actually we're here, you know, to worship God and we're here to bring people to Jesus. And it's, that I think is, you know, you're right. That's what we have to focus on. And it's like, well, how, in what ways, you know, can we, you know, actually show people Jesus? And because people's lives are being dismantled, their whole like understanding of like, you know, how they've been living and mm -hmm. you know everything they've created is is dismantling. And then so it's like, well, what? What can we do that's different from anywhere else? We've got and to hold these two things together as well, Laura, because I remember, you know, in the in the fifties and the sixties, many mm -hmm. many within different wings of the church were pushing devotional things and about you know preach the gospel and that's all people need. But the gospel is reaching into the brokenness of humanity and the needs of humanity, to the poverty that's there, reaching out to, you know, Jesus, to bind up the brokenhearted, to be involved in social activity. But, but the gospel is, is a completeness. And that's the danger. Either we go, we, we, we go into the social work and we forget the gospel, we forget the worship and that area of devotional stuff, or we go all devotional and we, you know, we say, oh, I pray for you, brother. 
but you don't put your hand in your pocket to help them. Yeah, you know, and it's this. <laughs> it's the gospel itself talks about. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Well, it, it's an Sorry, well, I was just merely going to say that I think there's also this idea of realizing what you're qualified to do and what you're not qualified to do. So like part of caring as a church community is probably connecting to experts like Ian, you know, like people who really know about something. Mm -hmm. Because like if you've got some ailment and you come to me, the best thing I probably can do is pray about it because I, there's nothing I can't, I don't know any first aid even, you know, I can't do anything. And I think, so it's about keeping the care and the compassion, but like not this misguided sense that we have to solve every issue because there's already people who are qualified and can do things. And, and there's sad cases where people try and weep in and do stuff they just can't, just not equipped to do. But Dan, you were going to say something. Yeah, um, yeah I, I was, I was going to, raise the question of what worship is our chief aim our chief aim is to worship god um we can go all catechistically weird but what is our chief aim our chief aim is to worship god what is it to worship god is it to sing hymns written between 20 and 400 years ago slightly out of key on a sunday morning for an hour or or is it to pray in silence or is it to pray out loud is it to only sing psalms is it to feed the hungry is it to call people out and say no actually that's that's what we you should be doing is it to be a worshipful existence that is looking to god and seeking to do the stuff of god or is it a passive activity for our Surely it has to be a worshipful existence. Surely this is about plugging into God. Yeah, it was a ridiculous question. Obviously, it was phrased in such a way that you would answer the correct way. Um, <laughs> but it's it's part of our challenge. Is as, as Albert said that we we have these kind of peaks and troughs of where we where we go and how we do things as as churches. What's fashionable and what isn't. And arguably, we haven't been fashionable for about 2,000 years, apart from a strange period in the 1920s. But we kind of, there's, there's lots that we need to do. And, and it's both and. It's, it's either or. It's the little children and the whips. It's the honking goose and the gentle dove. It's the singing out of key, because do you know what? That's how a lot of us connect to God, is singing hymns that our parents and their parents and their parents all sang before them. But it's also reminding people, it's, it's something you'd said to me, previously james about about language it's about the language that actually cuts um and, and something you'd said about one of the is it one of the comments i'd made in my weekly worship or, or one of the prayers when i talked about jesus being killed mm. yes um, yes it, sharing all he was killed for was sharing all he was killed for because jesus didn't just die he, he didn't just lie down and and die for for the want of loving people, for his going out and saying, people need to be fed, God needs to be worshipped, people need to be listened to. He was nailed to a cross and had a spear put in his side. That's not dying, that's being killed. So when we're talking about people entering the country, we need to talk about asylum seekers, refugees. They're not illegal immigrants, there's no such thing. There's a, there's a, if people hang around too long, then there's an issue. But anybody arriving on a boat is a, an asylum seeker or a refugee. 
we need to get our, our language right. We need to say that food banks aren't just there because people aren't working or because it's a bit difficult. Food banks are there because of the cuts to services and disastrous ways that economies have been looked after. We need to say that there's things in the church that aren't working because for the last however many years, in whatever way, and ways that we don't know, we've not got it right. Rather than just, there's a decline in young people, and young people are those under 65. We, 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 need, to be, we need to be clear, actually, what our language is. Um, yeah. And I'm a wild <laughs> dyslexic. Who, it's obviously great fun for you editing my copy, because <laughs> it, it's utterly baffling. But there's, yeah, the words that we use are important because there's lots of meaning in words and we can either hide stuff and make stuff overly simple or not important. Um, and and as, as Albert said, it, that, that chief end of man, what is our purpose? Mm-hmm. Where's to worship God? See, I think this is the key I'm interested in too is we worked on that phrase, living, living freedom through recession. I actually think worship is living freedom. How do you live freedom? You know, because this is what it's, if it's, it's the heart of it all is that we're called to be free. Mm. And we're talking about imitating, imitating um, Jesus, you know, part of who we are, is our freedom because God is free, because we are made in his image and freedom takes us to the place of love and communion mm-hmm. and, and back to these, these words that, that Zulus in, 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 in his book, uh, Being as Communion talks about, these ontological words that are yep. at the very heart of worship, freedom, holiness, love and communion but but is dan himself right so i'm going you know going to pull you up on this one dan absolutely right um there are no magic words and in my profession uh, a lot of people you know ask me as a a trainer of uh, of gps you know what what kinds of things would you say what are your scripts for any given situation um and and actually there are none there are no magic words there are no magic words that when somebody phones me up that i'm going to say that are going to talk them out of killing themselves they don't exist. Those words don't exist. Uh, what there is is, um, you know, kindness, compassion, empathy, and understanding, um, and a willingness to actually listen and to hear the story that's been told. Um, and you could go, mm, and ah, mm, and sometimes, you know, I hear you can be the most powerful words in the world. Yeah. You know, I see, I see you. I hear you. It's very powerful things, and you know that. They're, they're just words, but I think it's the intent behind those words. I mean, for for, for my money, uh, I think the church should be very much uh, calling out things that are absolutely wrong and calling out things and, and lauding to the heavens things that are absolute goods. Uh, and in a world full of very few absolutes, they must be few and far between. But there are some things that are simply wrong. Yeah. Mm. Do you think sometimes God says, I hear you? 
you know, you're talking about I hear you. you yes, know. I think God says and, a lot to me. Um, he says, I, I hear you. Says, I'm uh, sick of hearing you quite a lot. <laughs> I hear you. I like, I got you, Ian. Thanks. Thanks, I've got you. Cheers, mate. I Thank you. you. Yep. But yeah, also, I again. You. Yeah. I hear you when you're trying to help the poor. I hear you when you're, when you're trying to sing out a key. I hear you. But, yeah. but it's when we're living that freedom. I think, yeah. and I think that's what I would love is to explore this month. Living, living freedom. Listen, brother, only one of us here sings out a key, and it's not me. <laughs> oh, ho, oh, oh. Well, well, absolutely. Well, well, I, the been, phrase... where, where did that come from? Oh, well, we can yawn. <laughs> I think you it was a reference back no to... To Dan um, slamming our um, off-key renditions of um, <laughs> all creatures great and small uh, to a wheezy organ, but um, no, the phrase that comes back to me is um, Marshall McLuhan, you know, who wrote the the line, uh, "The medium is the message," and the idea that actually sometimes we focus on the content, like that run of things that you said, Dan, like is it singing, is it this, is it that, but beyond all that, it's actually what we're doing, how we're doing, how we even got to that point, and I think. Albert, how you summed that up is really just beautiful. And it's the sense that are we doing it with freedom? You know, are we free to worship? Have we come to the place of worship free, free to worship? And are we experiencing our creator God or are we not? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a wonderful point of conclusion. And I'm afraid it's gone 10.15. Um, it's a shorter edition of the weekly review tonight um, because of uh, starting later and, and all the rest of it. One of us is already in our pajamas, and uh, shortly the rest of us will be in our pajamas. So sorry to stop the conversation there, because no, there's so many interesting yeah. things that I'd love to I'd love to talk more about. But we're going to have to draw to a close and uh, thank Dan for his amazing week. Um, it's all right. So much um, sorry, I appeared like a, a blustery bear just saying random things. <laughs> it wasn't so much an exit pursued by bears, an entrance pursued by bear but um, we're, we're the better for it. And thanks also to Albert and to Laura and to Ian and to Owen, who's been piloting the ship for us. And uh, we hope to see you on Sunday for the Sunday live service at three o'clock and next week for the Friday review. But until then, God can I bless. Say, can just, oh. just a comment. There are still spaces if you want to join the C.S. Lewis book review. Mm. And it's really, really good. I, mean, I mean, Sandy Smith is a real world expert on, uh -huh. on C.S. Lewis. There so, you go. So before people brush their teeth and get their pajamas on, get on Sanctuary first. Get on the C.S. Lewis book club. Thank us later. Good. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. God bless. Bye. Good night.